Who are the real people we consider our sages? Who were they in life? What is the legacy they left us? Join Rabbi Danny Saxton for the next hour as he explores the lives of our Torah giants, the spiritual geniuses who shaped the way we approach Judaism today. That's Focus on Our Sages right now on 101.9 High FM. Good afternoon and welcome to Soul to Soul. Always wonderful to be with you on a Wednesday afternoon. And especially this week. Um, this week is the we're a few days before the festival of Shavuos, of Shavuot. And we're going to discuss that in, in a little bit of detail. But let's, uh, before we get there, talk about some significant days in the calendar that we're going through, which will take us up to Shavuos. Firstly, tomorrow, today is the second day of the month of Sivan. Yesterday was Rosh Chodesh Sivan, Aleph Sivan, in the Jewish calendar. And today is the second day of Sivan, the 1st of June. Tomorrow, Thursday, will be the 3rd of Sivan. The 3rd of Sivan is significant because it's the Yotzeit of a very brave Jew whose name was David Mickey Marcus. Uh, he was born in 1902. He died in 1948. He was an American Jew who volunteered to fight for the Israeli army in the 1948 War of Independence. Um, he was a very tough street kid from Brooklyn. He went to West Point. He went to law school. And when World War II broke out, he rose to the rank of colonel in the American army. And he helped to draw up the surrender terms um, for Italy and Germany. And while serving in the occupation government in Berlin, he was responsible for clearing out the Nazi death camps. And then as the chief of the war crimes division, he helped arrange the Nuremberg trials. Seeing the terrible atrocities of the Holocaust, he became a very committed Zionist. And in 1947, he volunteered to help secure the Jewish settlements, which were under attack from the Arabs in the area. Uh, Marcus designed a command structure for Israel's new army, and he wrote manuals to train it. His most famous achievement was ordering the construction of the Burma Road, a winding mountainous path, which allowed Jewish convoys to reach Jerusalem and relieve the Arab siege. Tragically, on the day that the war ceasefire took place, Marcus was mistaken by a Jewish guard, and he was shot dead. His story became the subject of a famous movie called Cast of a Giant's Shadow, which starred Kirk Douglas and John Wayne. So tomorrow, the third of Sivan is the Yotzat of Mickey Marcus, and he was one of the great heroes that founded Tzahal and that set up the original structure of the Israeli army and enabled the very small fledgling under-supplied army in 1948 to defeat five well-trained and well-armed Arab armies, which was a, a great miracle. So that was that's tomorrow, the 3rd of Sivan. Um, Friday is the 4th of Sivan. The 4th of Sivan, also a significant day, because just before the receiving of the Torah in the year 2448 since creation, which is 3,334 years ago, Moshe Rabbeinu started writing the first Sefer Torah. The first Sefer Torah, which is... Uh, which uh, he started writing from Bereshis up until the receiving of the Torah. And by the end of his life, Moshe Rabbeinu wrote 13 Torah scrolls, 
one for each of the Shvatim, one for each of the tribes, and one which would be placed in the Aron HaKodesh, in the Ark of the Covenant. And that was very significant to have these multiple Torah scrolls because that would ensure the integrity of the text because the, they could be compared with one another and then their accuracy could be maintained. And that is the case still to this day that you could find the Torah um, anywhere in the world from Morocco to Russia to Australia to um, the Middle East and every single Torah scroll is exactly the same letter for letter it is accurate. So the first Torah st scroll was written, uh, started to be written by Moshe Rabbeinu on the 4th of Sivan, which is this Friday. Now moving on to the 5th of Sivan, which is Shabbos. This Shabbos is the 5th of Sivan. And the 5th of, 5th of Sivan is the anniversary of the bombing of the Iraqi nuclear nuclear reactor in Baghdad in 1981. Um, the Iraqi leader, the notorious Saddam Hussein, had said that he is the reincarnation of Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian tyrant, and he called, Saddam Hussein called the nuclear reactor in Baghdad, Tammuz, which is after the month when Nebuchadnezzar had uh, laid siege of Yerushalayim more than two thousand, two and a half thousand years earlier. Ilan Ramon, actually, he was later the first Israeli astronaut who died in the explosion of the space shuttle Columbia. He and another seven pilots executed this incredible raid. They flew over enemy territory for many, many hours, avoiding detection with their tight formation that came up on the radar as a single uh, commercial airliner because they were so close to each other. And um, Israel obviously celebrated the destruction of the Iraqi nuclear reactor, but they faced condemnation from all over the world, almost universal condemnation. One prominent American senator called it one of the most provocative, ill-timed and internationally legal actions in the nation's history. But decades later, when Saddam Hussein threatened the world um, with his army, the Israel's actions were vindicated and the world understood the correctness, the righteousness of Israel's actions. And obviously, of course, you know, Israel would have been the focus of, of that, uh, of those nuclear weapons if they were ever developed. And it's the same thing today with Iran. If Iran, God forbid, gets nuclear weapons, Israel is under great threat, a great existential threat. Um, and so it's critical that the world doesn't allow that to happen. And then we move on to Shavuos. Now, Shavuos, Saturday night and Sunday's first day Shavuos, Sunday night, Monday's second day Shavuos. Shavuos, actually it means the, the word Shavuah is a week. We say Shavuah Tov after Shabbos, wishing um, others a good week, Shavuah Tov. Um, so Shavuos means weeks because it is weeks. It's seven weeks since Pesach that the Jewish people started counting. God commanded them to start counting from the exodus um, from Egypt, seven complete weeks, Sheva Shabbatos Tamimos, seven complete weeks, and the 50th day is the day when they receive the Torah at Mount Sinai. And that is the the day of Shavuos, which is on Saturday night and Sunday. And obviously that event, the most significant event in the history of the world, where God appeared and revealed himself to 
over 2 million people, the Jewish people standing at Mount Sinai. And that is a major difference between Judaism and the other religions of the world. All the other religions of the world, their revelation took place um, to a single individual. And uh, so, you know, that hasn't got a very strong verifiability. Why should I believe one person and not another person? But the only religion in which our revelation took place to an entire nation is Judaism. And so therefore it's a very strong claim. It's very hard to fabricate such a claim that if it really didn't happen, so people will say, well, I didn't hear about it. My parents or grandparents didn't say anything about it. To make such an audacious claim obviously means that the event actually took place and two million people heard Hashem and saw the fire and the lightning on Mount Sinai. And that event brought monotheism to the world it brought, brought ideas of justice and of peace and of liberty and harmony for all humankind. And we celebrate Shavuos by staying up the whole night. So we're going to talk in a, in a few moments about what we do for Shavuos and how we celebrate and the significance of Shavuos. Before we do so, though, just to mention Shavuos also, the 6th of Sivan, is the birthday and yacht site of David Hamilech, of King David. King David who died in the year 837 before the Common Era. David HaMelech was a shepherd. He then became the second king of Israel. He was a great warrior. He was a great Talmud Chochem. He was the author of Tehillim of Psalms. He courageously battled uh, Goliath, Goliath, and he killed him with his slingshot, miraculously. He reigned for 40 years, in which David HaMelech made Yerushalayim the capital of the Jewish people, and he purchased the site for the temple and made preparations for the construction of the temple. Um, he composed the book of Tehillim, the book of Psalms, and of course he, the book of Psalms was a beautiful, holy uh, work which was proclaimed God's greatness, God is king of the universe, and uh, still to this day, there's no, it's unrivaled with its eloquence and power and beauty, the Psalms that King David wrote, which make up a lot of our prayers that we daven. And he was succeeded by his son, uh, Shlomo HaMelech, King Solomon, who actually built the first temple. And the uh, holy tradition is that Mashiach, the redeemer of the Jewish people, will be a descendant, direct descendant from Beis David, from the house of David. And uh, the story, the incredible story of the life of David is recorded in Sefer Shmuel in the book of Samuel. Please stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 High FM. We're discussing that on Saturday night and Sunday is the great and holy festival of Shavuos. And it is the um, date when the Jewish people received the Torah at Mount Sinai from God. Two million um, people, the Jewish nation that had come out of Egypt, stood at the foot of Mount Sinai and heard God speak to them and saw the lightning and the thunder um, on the mountain and received the Torah from the creator of the universe. We also mentioned that the 6th or 7th is the birthday and um, your site of David or Melech or King David. 
And also, interestingly, it's the yacht site of Rav Yisrael Baal Shem Tov, Rabbi Yisrael ben Eliezer, the, Baal, the great and holy Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov was born in 19, uh, 1698 and died in 1760 at the age of 62. And he was the founder of Hasidus um, and his focus on Kabbalah and on joy and on um, and on f having a simcha in one's observance of Judaism was uh, had a massive impact on the Jewish world in Eastern Europe, and he was uh, somebody who who uh, taught and emphasized the importance of what's called devakus, cleaving to Hashem, and nullifying one's own self and clinging to Hashem with a oneness and a unity and a joy, and his lineage also traced back to David Amelech. And therefore, it was appropriate that he died on the Yotzad of Davi Melech. He brought Hasidus to the world, which had a tremendous impact on the Jewish people and uh, elevated the Jewish people in a significant way, um, which is of great importance to Klal Yisrael. So the six or seven also is the Yotzad of David Melech, the Yotzad of the Baal Shem Tov, and of course, Shavuos, the day when we received the Torah. So let's discuss Shavuos a little bit. And... Uh, uh, there are some beautiful customs that we observe on Shavuos. So, for example, we have mulchiks on Shavuos. We, we traditionally have um, mulchik items. So be careful. Obviously, we don't have milk after meat. We wait six hours um, once we've had meat until we can have milk. So one has to work that out logistically, how to effectively pull that off on Shavuos. But the reason why we have a custom to have mulchiks is because the, um, the, the Pasuk says that the Torah is like honey and milk under the tongue. It's a Pasuk in Shira Shirim. So it's, it's sweet like honey and milk. So that's what the Torah is to us. And also the tradition is that Klai Yisrael didn't have meat. They only had milk foods because they were given the commandments of um, Shechita and of uh, how, to, how to shecht an animal and how to prepare the meat to make it kosher which would take them a few days to do. So until that point, they could only have milchiks as well. Um, so therefore, there's a custom and tradition to have milchiks on shvurs also. The other traditions of shvurs is that we stay up the whole night. The Midrash says that Klaishol went to sleep. Hashem was ready to give them the Torah on the morning at sunrise of the morning of the 6th of Sivan, but they were sleeping. And uh, so in order to correct that, in order to be metake in that, we stay up the whole night in excitement, with enthusiasm, um, learning Torah the whole night, appreciating the great beauty, holiness of the Torah, and showing that we um, dedicate ourselves to Hashem's service and to the learning of Hashem's Torah and the observance of the Torah. So there's a beautiful minak to stay up the whole night. Now, for us in the Southern Hemisphere, that's quite difficult to do. Um, in the Northern Hemisphere, it's much easier because it's summer over there. So by the time Yom Tov comes in, by the time you finished your meal on first night Yom Tov, so really close to midnight, and then it's only about three or four hours, then you already can daven in the morning, you can daven nights. So it's much easier in the Northern Hemisphere. In the Southern Hemisphere, uh, it's a long night. We we learn for many, many hours until we can daven. Um, nights is after six o'clock. So we're learning ba basically from about nine o'clock until about, you know, half past five, which is quite a long night. Um, so it's like eight and a half hours of learning. Baruch Hashem, it's a great opportunity. But... Uh, it's a beautiful minha custom to do in many of the shuls, including Marshall. We have uh, Tikkunlel programs. We have all-night learning programs. And uh, we're actually having a bride at 3 in the morning. 
just to uh, give everybody a bit of strength um, when we're getting tired. But it is a beautiful custom that we encourage people to do and uh, contact your local Orthodox synagogue. And uh, there's no doubt there will be a Tikkunlel program. There will be an all-night learning program that you could join. Um, the other minagim of, of, of Shavuos is that we actually decorate the shul with greenery, which is a beautiful holy minag, um, because it reminds us of Har Sinai. The Pasuk says that Har Sinai was green all around with flowers and with plants and with grasses. So we do that in order to uh, remember the greenery of Har Sinai. And also on Shavuos, we read Megillas Rus. We read the book of Ruth. Um, there are a number of reasons why we read Megillas Rus. Rus was a descendant of David. David was a descendant of Rus. Um, she was his ancestor. And uh, it's the birthday and the outside of David Amelach on Shavuos. That's one reason. Another reason is that it took place at the, t- at the time of the harvest, which is the time of Shavuos in the year. Uh, and another reason is that Rus converted to Judaism. And Shavuos, we all became converts of Judaism. The gematria of Rus is 606. She was already keeping the Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Noach plus 606, which is 613. And we all take on the 630 mitzvahs on Shavuos. So what I wanted to discuss is really the celebration of Shavuos. The Gemara says that uh, the great Rav um, Yossi said, Im lav daha yoma kama Yossi isa bashuka. So Rav Yossi said, if it weren't for this day, I would just be another Joe in the marketplace out there. That this day of Shavuos is what changed me and transformed me and has turned me into a different type of human being. And Rav Yossi would celebrate Shavuos by having his favorite meat dish. He reserved that meat dish in order to feel the simcha of the Yontif, the joy of the Yontif, and celebrate the significance of this beautiful and holy day. So we see, we learn from that Gemara that Shavuos is really a celebration of who we are, of what we've become, of how the Torah has impacted upon us and elevated us and changed us. The Pasuk tells us, the verse in the Torah tells us that Am Chacham Vnavon, that the Jewish people are, an, are a nation of wisdom and of understanding. Now, we know that Jews are quite obsessed with education. Secular Jews certainly want their children to have a good education. Religious Jews are obsessed with Torah learning. Um, why is that? Why are we so obsessed with education? Is it because that which makes us uh, great as a nation is that we are academics? We're a nation of academics. Is that what, what's going on? And the answer is, of course not. That's not the point. The point is Torah and the learning of Torah is about wisdom. Torah is supposed to impart upon those learn it, that learn it wisdom. Now, wisdom is not just knowledge and understanding of, of material and of facts. Wisdom is the ability to integrate that knowledge into our lives. Wisdom is when a person lives with an understanding and with a sophistication and with the depth and is not simply an academic. There could be many, many academics, as we see in the world, that their knowledge does not impact at all upon their personalities and the life that they live and the choices that they make. So that by us is not wisdom. That's just intellectual knowledge. Wisdom is when the knowledge changes who we are. The knowledge teaches us to live 
with responsibility, teaches us to make choices in which we are cognizant of the consequences of our actions. We are aware of the consequences both in this world and in the next world. Wisdom is when we have uh, an integration of the knowledge that we have acquired and we live with a an awareness of what responsibility means. So to um, be a person who's selfish is unwise. To be a per person who um, loses their temper and gets angry all the time is unwise. To be a person who is constantly obsessed with f uh, fulfilling their physical desires and pleasures is an unwise way to live. A person who lives with the right priorities, with the right values, with the understanding of the importance of family, with the understandings of the importance of building relationships in which one gives of oneself, in which, in which one learns not to be selfish, but to create a space for the other and to care for and give to the other. First and foremost in a marriage between a husband and a wife, and of course in the bringing up of children. Um, wisdom is when a person lives with honesty and lives with integrity and lives with compassion for others. A person who lives in a truthful and holy way with the connection to eternity. So these are the, um, the consequences of learning Torah, of being connected to Torah. And that is the celebration of Shavuos. On Shavuos we celebrate how the Torah has changed us, how the Torah has moved us, how the Torah elevates us and lifts us to be this Am Chacham Benavon, a nation of wisdom and of understanding. So that is the celebration of Shavuos, that is the joy of Shavuos, that is the great gift of the Torah. We celebrate the gift of the Torah, not simply because we received intellectual knowledge, but because the divine wisdom that is infinite and eternal elevates us and brings such light and meaning and direction and purpose to our world, to who we are, to the lives that we live. That is indeed a great and wonderful celebration. And on Shavuos also, we acknowledge we are aware of how sad it is that many, many Jews do not understand this great gift of the Torah, the Matzen Torah, the gift that Hashem gave us, and don't understand what it means and how much this infinite divine wisdom lifts a person, elevates a person, um, enlightens a person, gives a person a sense of purpose and meaning and fulfillment and achievement and connects a person to eternity. So Shavuos is about getting the Torah and sharing the Torah with others. And that is the joy of Shavuos. And uh, even if we look at ourselves and we see, well, maybe the Torah hasn't been so integrated, you can also get Torah scholars that are, have a tremendous amount of material and knowledge, Torah knowledge, but it hasn't impacted upon who they are and the way they live their lives and their personality. So Shavuos is the celebration of Either it's done that for us and we celebrate that or we understand and see how it can do that for us and how it gives us the potential to raise ourselves and to lift ourselves beyond this physical, material, 
single dimensional existence to see a much bigger world of eternity, a world that is beyond time and space, a world of perfection, God's world of, of souls, and it elevates us into the oneness of the universe and connects us with Hashem. So that is the great celebration of Shavuos and the um, understanding of what the Torah is and what the Torah does for us in our lives. And so we encourage everybody to celebrate Shavuos, to keep the Yom Tov, to go to Shul, go to your uh, local Orthodox synagogue on Shavuos and be a part of these celebrations and think about and try and have a few moments to to think about and contemplate what is life about, what are we doing here, is there a God, what does God want of us to do in this world, and did God communicate his will to us? And he did so on the 6th of Sivan, 3,334 years ago, and it is the, the celebration of that gift that God gave us, his word, his commandments, his explanations of what the purpose and life and, and function of a human being in, is in this world. And that is our great celebration that's coming up on Shavuos, which is on Saturday night and on Sunday. Um, so then we have, so so of course we live in Galos. We live here in um, what we call Chutzlaaretz in the diaspora. And we keep two days of Yom Tov because that was always the tradition. The Jews in Israel kept one day because the Sanhedrin was there and they knew when when the, the, the new moon was declared, it took a, a long time for the Jews out of Israel to know which was the right day of the month. So they kept two days because they weren't sure which was the right day. And the Gemara says that's minag avosenu biyadeinu. That's a custom of our forefathers that we observe. And therefore, we still keep two days. And the second day of Shavuos, which is going to be on Sunday night and Monday, is also a very important and significant time. And that is... Because the seventh, that's the date, is the seventh of Sivan, and that is the yacht site of a very interesting person. His name was the Gerat Sedek Avraham ben Avraham. So we're going to take a short ad break, and I'll tell you about the great Gerat Sedek when we return. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 High FM. So Saturday night, Sunday is first day Shavuos, and Sunday night, Monday is second day Shavuos. Second day Shavuos is the seventh of Sivan. And the great and holy Chovetz Chaim on second day Shavuos would always talk about the great Gerd Sedek, whose name was Valentin Podotsky. Um, an incredible story and something that we it's uh, worth knowing about and sharing. Valentin Podotsky was a... Um, an individual who was born in Poland. His uh, father was the richest man in Poland. His name was Duke Podotsky. And Duke Podotsky was, um, he owned 999 properties. We're talking about now the beginning of the 18th century. And um, Duke Podotsky, they, they once asked him, why is it 999? He says, because everybody will talk about it just like we're talking about it right now. If it's a 1,000, people think, oh, it's an exaggeration. But 999 is a specific number, which is something that will 
raise, uh, attract a person's attention. And he was so wealthy that, you know, today we say, you know, do you think I can afford it? Am I Bill Gates? Am I Elon Musk? So in those days they say, do you think I could afford it? Uh, am I, am I uh, Duke Podotsky? Now, Duke Podotsky sent his son, Valentin, to study by the great Bishop of Vilna, in Vilna. And the Bishop of Vilna sent uh, Valentin together with his best friend to study in a monastery in Amsterdam. And Valentin was a very smart young man. He was brilliant. And he asked many, many questions. And together with his friend, they saw many holes in Christianity. And they were unhappy with the answers that they received. And they decided, the two of them, that they would convert to Judaism, that Judaism is the truth. And uh, his friend converted and took up the name, the Hebrew name Baruch. He was known as Baruch ben Abraham. And Valentin became Abraham ben Abraham. And they uh, left the monastery in Amsterdam. And his parents couldn't find him. And they went uh, to Vilna. And they converted to Judaism. Uh, Baruch ben Abraham actually ended up in Eretz Israel, And Abraham ben Abraham, Valentin, remained in Vilna. And he stayed. He, he learned all day in the back of a shul. And he was supported by the community. He was a very holy, righteous person. And the community was honored to support such a, a tzaddik, such a righteous individual. And the Vilna Gaon found out that he was there in Vilna. And he went to see him. And the Vilna Gaon said to him, obviously, the, the, one of the richest men in Europe was looking for his son. The Vulnagon said, everybody's looking for him. It's not safe for him to be in Vilna, which was a capital um, where there were a lot of people. And he told him he must go out into a, a small town. And he went to a town called Ilya, just outside of Vilna in Lithuania. And um, in this town of Il Ilya, there was a tailor who made uniforms for the government. He was a big anti-Semite. He didn't like the Jews. And he saw this guy and he, he, he recognized that his accent wasn't the same as the people around. And he suspected, he was suspicious of him. And this tailor's son was like a very wild kid. And he one day was running around where the shul where they were learning and the Gerrit Zedek told him to go out, shouted at him. And this boy told his father. And his father decided he's going to report him to the authorities, report this man to the authorities. And he turned him in and he was now caught and it was uh, sent to his parents. And he was put on trial because a, in Europe in the 18th century for a Christian to convert to Judaism was very embarrassing for the church, was very embarrassing, especially that he was so high profile and so well known, came from the wealthiest family in Poland. And so um, his parents said to him, just renounce your Judaism. We'll uh, support you your whole life. We'll build you your own castle. You can sit and learn Torah all day in the castle. Publicly renounce Judaism. And he said to his mother, Mom, I love you dearly, but I love the truth even more, and I won't renounce the truth. And so they sentenced him to be burnt at the stake unless he uh, renounced Judaism, which he refused to do. And the Vulnagon, the, Vulnagon, the year was 1749. The was only um, 29 years old. He was born in 1720. So the Goan went to see him 
And the Goen actually said to him, you know, I have ways and means through Seamus HaKodesh to save you. And uh, Avram ben Avram said, you know, I, I, it's a great privilege and honor to die Al-Kiddush Hashem. And then he started crying. So the Goen said, you, you said it's a privilege to die Al-Kiddush Hashem. Why are you crying? And he said, because I'm a convert and I'm not married, so I don't have children. Nobody will say Shiva for me. Nobody will say Kaddish for me. Um, being a con convert, my parents are not my parents, so they won't be able to. They I don't have anybody to say Kaddish for me from that side either. And so that for me is is devastating. And the Gun said to him, don't worry, don't be sad. And he quoted in the Pasuk, uh, in which Hashem says, Ani Rishon Vyani Acharon. I'm the first and I'm the last. In other words, I will be your ancestor and I will be your descendant. I'm there and I will be there for you. He said, Hashem will protect you and Hashem will bring you nachas. Hashem will elevate you in the eternal world. And that gave the Gerat Sedek great comfort at that moment. And he was taken out and he was burnt at the stake on the 7th of Sivan, which was second day Shavuos, um, in the in a certain courtyard in Vilna. And the from that fire, there was a mark on one of the buildings and they could never get that mark off. It always remained. As much as they tried to clean it, it remained over there. And it said that the Jews were frightened to go and encourage him because then they would be persecuted by the authorities. But he walked past where the Vilna Gaon was, uh, by the you know the apartment of the Gaon. And the Gaon stood on his balcony and shouted after him, Lech Bizrizus, go with energy, go with enthusiasm. You're going to be dying Al-Kiddush Hashem. And the Chavetz Chaim said that the Gerat Sedek said of himself that um, we know there's a Midrash um, which is relevant now because it's a Midrash that deals with Kabbalah Satorah, with the receiving of the Torah at Mount Sinai. The Midrash says that God offered the Torah to the other nations of the world and those nations refused the Torah. And when God offered the Torah to Klai Yishol, the Jewish people accepted the Torah. And uh, the Gerat Sedek said that amongst those nations, there was always a minority that want, there were individuals that wanted, the majority didn't want the Torah, but minorities did. So those are the Gerim, those are the righteous converts that joined the Jewish people. So he said, so that's where Manashoma came from. I'm a descendant of one of those individuals. And actually, Rav, uh, Rav um, Abraham, Rav Abach, um, Anyway, Rashmuzan Abach, San Rashmu Abach, sorry, I forgot his name for a second. Rashmu Abach actually said that within Klai Israel also there were certain individuals that did, the majority wanted to accept the Torah, certain individuals didn't want to accept the Torah, and those are the Apikorosim, um, those are the, the heretics within the Jewish people through the, the generations, they're descendants of those individuals. But anyway, so the Gerat Sedek was burnt on, on that day, the 7th of Sivan, um, in the year 1749, and um, afterwards, they wanted to, the Goan wanted to gather some of his ashes. and um, But none of the Jews could, were allowed to go near the site. They would have been killed. And uh, the Goan approached an individual. His name was Rav Leza um, Surkis. And he he didn't look like a traditional Jew. He didn't have a beard. He was clean shaven. And the Goan said to him that he should go get the ashes. And he went and he got the ashes and he brought them to the Goan. And the Goen, the Vulnagon blessed him with Arich Yamim, blessed him with a long life. And this individual actually lived to 112 years old. Quite incredible. 
And those ashes were then buried together with the Vilna Gaon. And I've been to the cemetery in Vilna, and I've seen where those ashes are, right uh, next to the grave of the Vilna Gaon. And those are the ashes of uh, the Geret Tzedek Avraham ben Avraham, a person of great holiness and righteousness who was killed, Al-Kiddush Hashem, sanctifying God's name, and a person who we could learn so much from and get strength and encouragement and emuna from his tremendous bitachon, his tremendous trust in HaKadosh Baruch Please stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. This is Focus on Our Sages with Rabbi Danny Saxton on 101.9 High FM. So we've been talking about the power of this festival of Shuas and of course the great example of the Gerard Sedek Avram ben Abraham who was burnt at the stake on second day Shavuos. Um, 1749. We'll just end off with one last idea. We just read Pasha's Bechu Koisai last Shabbos. And in Bechu Koisai, there's a very powerful lesson that the Torah teaches us. It's the final Parsha in Sefer Vayikra, in the book of Vayikra, the book of Leviticus. And the Torah concludes with giving us a general picture of how things work in terms of our covenant, our agreement with God. Um, at at Mount Sinai, so we entered into an agreement. And by the way, that's an amazing idea of the Orachim HaKadosh. Orachim says it's called Shvuz. Shvuz, it means weeks, as we mentioned earlier. But Shvuz also is from a lashon of Shavua. Shavua is also a lashon of an oath. When a person makes an oath, it could be called the Neder. Neder will be called a Shavua. They, they are different types of oaths that a person can make. So the reason why it's called Shvuz is the Orachim is two oaths. There's an oath from us to Hashem, that we commit to do Hashem's will, to follow Hashem's commandments, to fulfill um, Hashem's commandments in our lives. That's the oath that Jewish people make to Hashem. And Hashem makes an oath that we are His people and Hashem will never abandon us as His people. We'll always be His people no matter what. So those are the oaths that were made at Mount Sinai. And those are the oaths that we make every year on Shavuos, every year we renew our vows to Hashem. We stood under the chuppah. Uh, it says, that the a mountain was held over the people like a barrel. And that was like the chuppah that we stood at, at Mount Sinai. And we made a commitment to Hashem, a covenant, an oath that we would be married to Hashem. Hashem made an oath to us that Hashem is married to us. us and that is an eternal covenant that we renew every year. And every shvuas we renew that commitment to Hashem. And the, the, the way things work is that when we keep our side of the covenant, it says in, in last week's Pasha, Pasha's Bechu Koisai, so when we keep our side of the covenant, so Hashem will bless us with security, with prosperity, with peace, those things that we long for. And when we break the covenant, so things won't be so easy for the Jewish people. And we'll experience turbulence, we'll be experience dislocation, we experience exile and hardship and persecution at the hands of the nations of the world. And unfortunately, we see that that really has been the trajectory of the Jewish people through the ages. And uh, there have been times when we've kept the covenant, 
and we enjoyed peace and security and prosperity. And there have been many, many times when we turned our backs on the government, where we worked away, walked away from our agreement and from our commitment to our shame. We've broken that bris. We've broken that covenant. And the consequences, unfortunately, are absolutely disastrous. And only 80 years ago, we saw how literal the Torah is, how these these uh, consequences are very, very real. And so the role of a Jew in the world is to is to fight against what the um, norms are of the society and to remain loyal to Hashem and to our covenant. Unfortunately, we live in a world today where the societal norms are heresy, are apicosis, are the lack of a belief in a God and the striving for a higher power and a level of morality which extends beyond secular humanism and human ideas and reaching out to the divine and connecting with God. That is something that's very unfashionable today as viewed as being archaic and foolish and non-intellectual. And the role of a Jew in the world is to remain loyal to our covenant with God. It's the most obvious thing in the world that there must be a creator. It's very, very simple. It doesn't create, doesn't require sophisticated thinking because the entire world that we look at, we open our eyes and we see a world of immense complexity and the wisdom of a creator, which is almost overwhelming. So it's a very simple conclusion to come to that there must be a creator. It's much more logical than the grandiose fantasy that this world is all just an accident. The world is just a coincidence. The world is just by chance. The world is a a result of random forces bumping into each other and creating the sophisticated. Well, that, that's a ridiculous theory. <laughs> the theory um, that everything is by chance and accident is, is far more far-fetched than the concept that there's a sophisticated creator with a purpose and function that we all have in this world. So as Jews, we must be loyal to that. We must stand our ground and be steadfast and fulfill our covenant to God despite what the norms in our society are doing and, and are saying. And when we do so, so then we'll enjoy tremendous blessing and protection and prosperity from Hashem. So Mirz Hashem, we should all receive the Torah with enthusiasm, renew our vows to the creator of the universe, and please God, we should see great things for the Jewish people and the ultimate redemption for the building of Bayis Shlishi Bimhera Amen. Thank you so much for listening, and have a wonderful Shabbos and a wonderful Yom Tov.